Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Episode number 31 of Tell Me Your Tales. Um, on this week's podcast, we've got a bit of a follow-up conversation, part two with Virginia Maloney. It was a bit of a no-brainer to try and get Virginia back on the uh, podcast. She had an amazing run up at the Gold Coast Marathon on the weekend to run two hours, 29 minutes and 14 seconds. She took five minutes off her pe- personal best and um, became the ninth fastest female in the history of Australia. Pretty amazing when you think about that and pretty amazing if you've listened to her first episode and understand um, the late start and how long she's been around the running scene for. So um, it was awesome to be able to reach out to Virginia and see if she was keen to do a bit of a unpack of the race, talk us through the nutrition, talk us through the race plan, um, really get those personal responses to how she was feeling in the race the pre-race media stuff and how our life has changed a bit afterwards i hope this episode brings you some value i'm a big fan of uh, virginia's story and kind of that underdog kind of you know works full time got a bit on her plate hasn't really had everything handed to her so um these are the kind of guests that i want to bring you as much as possible that you can follow along with and i guess relate to a bit in your own personal life anyway uh if you can a review on iTunes would be fantastic. We got some great ones the last couple of days, so I really appreciate that. A share on social media or Strava or whatever it is, that would be also really appreciated. I know I bang on about this at the start of every episode, but it really does just make uh, the show get to more people, get a bit more exposure and more people listen. And I think even since Virginia ran on the weekend, her episodes had about 450 new downloads um, since her race up at the Gold Coast. So it's always good that people share the content, especially when some of the interviewees are doing some amazing things. Hope your week's going well. And um, yeah, enjoy the weekend. It's Friday night when I'm putting this conversation, this podcast episode together, and I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks, guys.
thanks for your late. time again. Oh, no, sorry I'm late. I don't know why I couldn't sign in. I tried for like 10 minutes and then I was like, oh, well, reset the password. Yeah, Julian Spence does that every week when we do the uh, Road to Berlin podcast, I think, and I've done it to you before in the past, so I think it's just breaking even. All right, welcome Virginia Maloney, I think um, part two, but I think your life's probably changed quite a bit since last time we spoke. Yeah, it certainly has. Um, I think, yeah, breaking two hours 30 in the marathon has been extremely exciting for us that uh yeah things have certainly changed that's for sure over the past week i could imagine i can imagine looking forward to unpacking it all with you over the next kind of 20 minutes half an hour or so so um let's start off with kind of um yeah let's go the week before how did the taper go yeah uh, we were actually headed up to noosa on the saturday um and took the week off school to sort of just get used to the weather and that sort of thing um because just that little bit warmer in Queensland, we decided we'd get up there, have uh, a few runs uh, through the National Park there in Noosa and, um, yeah, just a couple of light sessions, uh, a different sort of taper to what I'm used to because it was just so relaxing um, <laughs> during the day. We just sort of kept it really simple and uh, the usual sort of thing, eating eating the plain foods and um, just ticking all the boxes really in terms of um, getting as fresh as we could uh, for the marathon. So lots of stretching, lots of time on the beach or in the seawater. And, um, yeah, we headed down to the Gold Coast uh, on the Thursday and that's when things probably started to feel a bit more real that we were we were going to do a marathon. Um, checked in with the, the staff there and... And uh, quickly got to know some of the other athletes that were going to be running. And, and the Gold Coast crew put on um, a fantastic sort of uh, facility uh, for us elite athletes to hang out and just completely relax leading up to the race. So usually, um, yeah, not as much time during the taper week to recover and that sort of thing So I'm generally still working at school. Um, but it was nice uh the week leading up just to be really relaxed and, and and get the body right for the big day. Yeah, right. What did you do like running-wise in that last week? Any like little sharpening sessions or just jogging through? Uh, so went out um, on the Sunday and just did uh, the Sunday before and just did 20 kilometres and then um, I generally have Mondays off so we kept that the same, just a bit of a swim and stretch and a little bit of strength work but not much definitely cut that down um, leading into uh, the marathon and then Tuesday and Thursday were uh, yeah sharpening up sessions so I think there were just some K reps on the on the uh, Tuesday and um, we found yeah a nice straight road pretty much in um, in Noosa to do those and we did four or five of those and then um, Thursday was just some, yeah, sharpening up of 800s on the grass track that they've got there. So uh, Wednesday was a really cruisy 10K run and that was the same with Friday. And then we took Saturday off completely. Um, no sort of strides, no shake out, just a walk in the morning and and uh, feed up from there on. Yeah, ready to go. Hey, um, you spoke about plain foods. I've got a lot of listeners who you know, do marathons and aren't really sure what to eat. So what was the kind of diet leading into that marathon on Sunday? 
Um, yeah, that was it. Was um, an interesting week. So yeah, really, I'm a celiac, so I have to eat uh, gluten free, which um, it just sort of meant for me the usual gluten free bread, um, banana, and peanut butter is my go to. Uh, for particularly on race any race morning but even a few days leading up before that it's good to sort of um yeah get the body into that into that routine of that's what you're going to eat that's how you're going to spend your day um there was a lot of rice a lot of white rice (laughs) and chicken and uh vegetables and we have to thank uh gold coast crew for putting that on for us leading in um the few days before and i'm Trent, I've said to Trent a couple of times, we are not eating rice or chicken for a good two, three weeks now. <laughs> um, just, yeah, just that really plain white rice, um, not as much protein um, leading into it. So the night before we had um, just a little bit of tofu with uh, rice, quinoa and some really plain vegetables, no leafy greens, so sweet potatoes, um, I think peas and corn and and those sort of higher carb um, foods. Definitely enjoyed uh, a big carb loading day on the Friday um, and then eased off a little bit more on the Saturday um, leading in. But, yeah, generally breakfast was a few pieces of toast. Um, During the week was fine to have eggs, but sort of, again, just weaning off the protein, um, getting closer to the race sort of kept it. Yeah, very simple with uh, peanut butter and lots of bananas as well. Yeah, right. And then when you got down to the Gold Coast, how did you, um, or maybe you could unpack all the kind of media functions and the technical meetings and all the kind of, um, you know, little kind of functions that you had to go to because just following online, um, it's a pretty big deal, the Gold Coast Marathon, and there's a few boxes that you've got to tick before getting to the start line on the Sunday. Yeah, certainly. Um, it was a great experience uh, for me. I've, I've never had an experience like that where um, you are in an elite setting for not just the day before but for the days leading into it and there are definitely those boxes that you need to tick. So you're always available for any sort of media or um, any interviews or even just to be um yeah, as you said, available for those technical meetings and those sort of things that you've got to tick off. So we got there uh, Thursday afternoon and checked in with the staff there and um, all was good and they it was, it was fantastic. They were so organised. They gave us a rundown. Uh, they gave us our cards to say that, um, you know, we could access certain areas and, and we knew exactly what was required of us for the next three days, four days, even after the marathon. So um, Friday was uh, a bit of lunch. And then we had sort of a few interviews um, before the media conference. So uh, well, what was it? Friday afternoon around 12.30, we had about an hour where uh all the elite athletes and organisers got together um, with the media and uh, we were presented with our bibs, uh, which was exciting to for me in particular to receive uh, my bib from Benita Willis, who is just an absolutely uh, phenomenal um, female or ambassador for women's running. Um, so that was, that was really great. And to stand up with uh, nine other ladies who um, were going to be towing the line on Sunday and 
and that sort of thing was uh, really exciting. And uh, we listened to Mona and and Deeks and some of the other uh, ambassadors speak. And we watched sort of the men being presented. And then we, uh, yeah, listened to the half marathoners who were going to be running at the World Championships, which was great as well. And uh, from there, we, yeah, just had to be available for those Channel 9, Channel 7 um, interviews uh, that were going to be broadcast out to the Gold Coast um, and wider Queensland, I guess, pre-race, which is uh, an interesting experience because you look back now and you wonder if you said the right thing or if, if what you had planned in your head and what you said to them actually played out on the day, uh, which luckily for me it did, but um, I'm sure that's not always the case. And, uh, yeah, from there it was um, just getting to getting settled in again that afternoon, chatting with some of the other elite athletes. Um, the next day on the Saturday, we were required to uh, get together again for the technical meeting. So to go through the course, the expectations, uh, the rules and regulations and all that sort of thing, meet all the paces such as yourself and Brad. And um, yeah, it was uh, a good um, a good experience to yeah sit there and and finally check that last little thing off the list really before uh, before Sunday and um, those sort of meetings are so crucial for the athletes um, so that they can have those last minute checks of what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, where they need to be, uh, where the start line's going to be, how they're going to get there, what's the expectation during or before, during the, and after the race as well. So um, yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, it was a really great experience. Uh, for me and for our team and um, something we certainly benefited from leading into Sunday. Yeah, and obviously you handled it well. Like I can see how some people could get a bit anxious and a bit over and see that as a bit of an energy draining kind of process. But um, I think if you go into it, like you said, and kind of enjoy it and really try to dot every I and cross every T, it can be um, quite a good experience if you haven't been there before. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Brady. It's it's one of those things where um, you you try to have to just relax and take it in your stride and look at it as a distraction. I mean, if I wasn't doing that, I'd probably be overthinking the race. So mm. it was a nice distraction for, for me. And the fact that there's some very handy athletes in the rooms there that you can kind of get a bit of motivation off and be inspired by as well. Oh, totally. How uh, how cool is it to be in the same room with uh, Kawachi and Ken Mangara? And, you know, you look at the, the, the females in the race and, and then you had those ambassadors there like Mona and Deeks and Benita and, they've, and Troopy and they've been through it, um, yeah, they've been through it a million times over. And just to get those last little bits of advice from them was great. Um, just chatting with Mona before I left uh, the media conference on... Uh, Friday, he said to me, oh, just be prepared for that, you know, 30, 31 to 36 kilometre stretch when you run away from the finish line because, you know, mentally that can just be really draining on an athlete. Um, and it is at the part of the race where the race is technically meant to start and, you know, you're, um, you're probably starting to feel that fatigue. So for me to have that in mind um, was really uh, beneficial and I'm really grateful 
uh, for his words of wisdom because I knew that gave me just a bit of time to mentally prepare for that stretch of road, I guess. Yeah, and good coming from Mono, like one of Australia's greatest distance runners, just giving you a bit of advice 24 hours out. Must be um, pretty amazing to be in that situation. Yeah, so um, so something I never thought I'd uh, be doing, but yeah, truly relish the experience. And, uh, and I, as I said, I'm so grateful for their advice and and they've done it a million times over and, and so, well Mona said he'd done that course eight times so he certainly knows it like the back of his hand yeah. and you're right to get that advice is just so beneficial 24 hours out yeah let's go to the race then so how were you feeling before in that little you know elite room there at the swimming pool everything was pretty calm and you guys had a race <laughs> plan and stuff or how were you feeling yeah, um, well, we got up around four o'clock and, you know, you go and have some breakfast up in the uh, up in the elite uh, lounge that they set up for you and everything's pretty relaxed up there. Um, it helps that all the organisers are chilled out and, and just there to help you with whatever you need. So it was a case of just sort of sitting around at the hotel for a while doing a few stretches and that sort of thing. Um, we were shoved to the start line. Um, around quarter to six and um, I mean I was really lucky that I had Brad Croker there on the on the shuttle with me and he kept everybody uh, in good spirits just you know light-hearted chit chat and you don't really want to be overthinking your race too much by that stage you know your plan you've gone over it um, you've spoken through it you've sort of verbalized everything you want to do so then it's a case you know you've just got to tick it off. And there's, I, for me, I don't really like to get in the zone too early because I find that that's just, it's just a bit of a drainer of energy for me. So when we got to the uh, elite centre, we, um, we were so lucky to have that centre there to be able to warm up um, inside where it was nice and warm and the half marathoners had gone. So... Uh, yeah, it was just a case of a few stretches and about an hour before went for a 10-minute jog and uh, kept, yeah, kept things jovial, chatting to people, um, tried to sort of channel the same calmness that I felt before Melbourne. So that confidence in the training um, for me was really important. I knew that I'd ticked every box leading into that. I knew I'd given every session uh, the best that I could, and and that gave me great confidence uh, leading into Sunday. So I was quite relaxed on Sunday morning, just knowing that, as I said, every box had been ticked, and um, all that was left to do was get from the start line to the finish line as quickly as possible. So um, yeah, we sort of headed out to the uh, start line around. Uh, oh, it must have been about seven o'clock. And did a few strides, listened to Deeks's uh, big motivational speech. Did you hear that yeah, one? Yeah, it's pretty good. I said that to Brad, though. It could be dangerous, a few people here and that, and going out way too fast the first 10K. If you, um, yeah, he's pretty motivating, Deke, when he gets that speech going. Yeah, no, it's so true. He was just, he was so passionate. And um, when he said, you're going to, uh, you're going to hurt for 42 kilometres, I thought, geez, I hope not. Like, yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not hurting from the start, but uh, yeah, it was it was a nice um, nice atmosphere at the start line, and couldn't have asked for better weather really. So we we're very lucky. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Like I thought it might have been a bit hotter than what it was, but um, and I think the course kind of lends itself. That first 
you know, 28k was fairly sheltered in the shade from the buildings, which, um, yeah, I've obviously heard a lot of people talk that the Gold Coast is too hot to run fast at, but I think I'll probably change my mind after spending 35k out there on the weekend. Yes, and you did it certainly a lot quicker than what I did, so. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't do the last 7k though, so uh, yeah, it's easy for me to say what, what may have happened in that last 20 minutes could have been um, anything. But back to your race though, so Liam was the official pacemaker at 2.30 pace? Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that I, that's great for me um, to have someone there that I obviously know very well and um he knew my race plan but at the same time um he was pacing the the 230 and we really wanted uh 230 so he had a job to stick to and my job was basically to listen to how i was feeling uh try to go sub 230 was obviously the plan um but we had decided before the race that um we were going to go um, on how we felt or on how I felt. So uh, regardless, he was going to run to the two hour 30 mark and what I did um, was up to me and how I was feeling. So that first um, 5K, we probably, I think we went spot on or just outside that 2.30 mark. So that was good to build into the race and get comfortable and uh, not go too, too hard too soon. Um, I'm generally like to, you know, run my own race. So I won't really sit behind, um, somebody else to dictate the pace. I, I like to do that, um, myself. So I stayed within the group, but more towards the front and, um, yeah, just ticked along through that first 10 kilometers, uh, was great to see, uh, some family and training out on course, just cheering you on and felt great in that aspect and probably went a bit quicker because you sort of get excited when you see those yeah <laughs> those people on the sideline that you know and, and through surface realizing. paradise as well that was a bit of a trap for me i went a bit too quick through there yeah no it was really nice it was sort of like ah, oh, this is ripping weather we're on the gold coast all the the atmosphere was fantastic and you sort of think why hold back but uh there's good reason um so, yeah, the turnaround at 15 or 15 and a half Ks was, was good for me and um, it was just a case of working back then. I think mentally the race is um, is a really uh, good race mentally, I guess, because you know you've just got to go 15 kilometres out, you know you've just got to come 15 kilometres back and then it's time to push it home. So at about 20 kilometres, um, I sort of indicated to some of the other guys that I was feeling good and I was going to step ahead. Um, and I was lucky enough that a group of guys came with me then. So we left that 2.30 group and, yeah, just kept going along at a pace that was comfortable. And was Liam still pacing then? He was still pacing, but obviously pacing that 2.30 group. So he stayed back and um, I didn't see him after the 21-kilometre uh, mark. So, um, yeah, I had a, a good group of guys come with me and they were probably a bit quicker than what I was ready to go. So I hang, hung off the back of that pack uh, till about 30 k's and, and up the hill I was able to, yeah, continue to uh, hold on to them, which was good. I just didn't want to be left out on my own that early. Yeah. Um, so at 32 kilometres we were definitely still bunched up and, 
that was a point where um, I came past my dad and mum and uh, half the family were there and dad was nearly out on, on the course just cheering so hard and I hadn't, again, I didn't look at my watch during this race but I could sort of sense from the way that um, the way that I was running and the way that dad was cheering that uh, we must have been um, on song for a good time. So I uh, kept pushing through. I could see some of the girls ahead of me. Um, I was definitely keeping an eye on um, Elizabeth Torono and um, Takanashi as well. Uh, oh, Nagu- well, Noguchi's wife, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up the um, in third and fourth. Um, it was one of those things where I knew exactly where I was in the race. I sort of knew I was around eighth, ninth, and um, from sort of the fifteen kilometer between fifteen and twenty kilometers, we were slowly catching girls who were dropping off. Uh, I guess your pace that you set. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, just slowly one by one, were reeling them in and passing them and. It wasn't until the 36-kilometre mark that I got uh, that I caught up to Elizabeth Torono, and you know, full credit to her. Uh, she wanted to do a 228, and um, she just held on to me. I thought I'm going to pass her convincingly and keep going, but no, she um, she had some fight in her, and she just sat on the back of me. And again, we we ran through together till 38 kilometres, and then she took the lead and. Um, I slowly just sort of worked my way back and we went across the 40-kilometre timer together. Um, and at that stage, you sort of know that, you know, you well, you definitely know you're going to make it. There's no doubt about that. You always knew you'd make it. But it is a hard stretch, I guess, even after the turnaround because there's not many people around in that area between 36 and 40 kilometres. Um, you've really got to grind that out and use the people around you to to keep pushing through. Um, so for me, I just knew just keep consistent, just keep pushing, and uh, and we'll get there. And we went past forty kilometres, and that was when I decided I really need to try and get a gap on um, Elizabeth because I knew that um, she had a thirty-one minute ten kilometre time. So I knew she had kick. I knew she had it in the tank. And uh, I probably got about 20 metres on her, which sadly in the end at 300, it just was not enough. (laughs) And uh, all of a sudden she just whooshed past me, absolutely 250 metres to go. She flew past me. And I think in that 250 metres, um, she managed to get, she managed to make up 10 seconds in that time. So she absolutely flew. She caught the guys in front of us and um, managed to low to 29. And I was certainly giving it everything I had. And I mean, I'm not, I'd, I'd love to have not been passed in that last 250 and I'd love to have come in fourth, but I knew I'd given it absolutely everything. And I'm so, so pleased with how the race turned out and, um, crossing the line and seeing that 229. I mean, 100 metres to go, I could see high 228 and you push as hard as you can to try and <laughs> to try and beat that clock. But um, it did tick over 229, so 229.12. And you had no indication of time until that last 100 metres though? Nah, no idea. Oh. So for me to see 228 um, at high 228, 
that was just even more motivating because I knew we were going sub 230 and I knew that we'd done it convincingly. So, um, so yeah, I guess when I've seen footage now of me crossing the line and, and I know how I felt and how excited I still am about it, um, yeah, it was – some people thought I was really surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised. We were confident that we could do that, um, but it just felt so good to actually do it because you you know you want to do it, you know it's within you, but it's uh, easier said than done, I guess. Yeah, but even your splits were so even. Um, I just looked at your 5Ks before we started recording, but halfway you were 74.16 and then you come home in 74.55. So – no watch and you slowed 39 seconds like it's pretty amazing that you're so in tune with your body at that pace yeah i um yeah i guess that's how i've um i've trained um or we've trained uh to run to how we feel and uh that helped i guess for me individually that helps me get the most out of myself if i'm uh, not looking at my watch sometimes i think i'm going slower than i am and i just push that bit harder and it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. You can, um, if you have those positive thoughts, if you um, if you have yourself in the right mental state, the body can just take over and and do what it do what you've done in training essentially. So, um, I guess that's where I was I was so used to it. Um, there was a stage uh, I think between thirty five and forty where we dropped off a bit, um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, four I'm, seconds I'm a K, pretty... not not much though. Like it was pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you ran twenty one seconds slower than the five K beforehand, so it's it's not a huge hit in the wall kind of drop off. No, no, and and definitely um, once you get round that corner, I mean that's a huge stretch. That last eighteen hundred, uh, you turn the corner onto the bridge, and yeah, it's about one point eight kilometers down a straight, and you can see that turn off for so long. And you know, you just think back to your training and you know when you've put in, you know, seven or eight minute efforts and how hard you've gone for that, you just have to put the blinkers on and, and really just focus on getting your body to that point um, and, you know, trying to hold off or some of those other runners and hunt down the ones in front of you. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with that second half of the race uh, considering – yeah, it w- wasn't too much of a drop-off. Yeah, and what did you do for race day nutrition? Gels or drinks, or do you want to maybe explain that? I'm sure there's a few people listening thinking they've got marathons coming up, and if it's worked for you, it could probably work for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of during the race, I took uh, in those first sort of 20 kilometres, um, I took a few sugar tabs, so really low fructose, um, sugar tabs because I'm intolerant to that as well um, and just made sure that I was really well hydrated. I was um, very aware that it could get hot and I wasn't prepared to be dehydrated late in the race so any drink station I would pick up a cup or I'd pick up a bottle and just take a sip or two and throw it away so the body always had a bit of energy in there and um, and was always well hydrated. Uh, before the race, I took a, a gel and uh, probably about 20 minutes before we took off. And then, um, yeah, the three or four sugar tabs in the first 20 kilometres. And then after that, I had um, gels and electrolytes mixed at each drink, at each uh, station 
20, 25, 30, 35 and 40. And um, it was just a case of getting some gels um, in at each station, not necessarily the whole lot, but now at 20Ks and now I just got to get to 25 and I'll do that again and, and that sort of thing. So that was basically the um, the nutrition plan that I went with and, and it worked for me. So, yeah. Awesome stuff. <laughs> hey, um, now you're at number nine all time on the Australian females marathon list, which must be pretty um, pretty satisfying knowing that you're, you're top 10 of all time in a country. Like, it's pretty amazing when you start thinking of it like that. <laughs> yeah, I, um, well, you say that and I've just got a big grin on my face. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so uh, stoked with that. I, I really can't believe it. Um, it is really really humbling um, and really nice to be included uh, with such an elite bunch of women um, who have done some phenomenal times and uh, look I I'm so grateful to to have been able to do what I did um, on Sunday and as I said be only the ninth Australian woman to have gone under 230 um, is uh, yeah it's really exciting for us I guess because um, just being 27 you never know what can happen but hopefully with years more training um, we can lower that and I guess climb higher up that list and and aim um, for some of those times that other women have have posted but um, yeah I guess we'll just do what we can control and if if that's the case we get to move up that list that'd be really nice but to be included at the moment that's that's really exciting when I heard that news yeah and um I guess going forward like at the moment you're kind of third on that list behind Lisa with her 225 and Jess with her 227 and um 229 going into Gold Coast Marathon or Gold Coast Com Games hopefully a qualifier what's your thoughts there with Millie still yet to run <laughs> yeah I, I, look it's so excited to be in, exciting to be in the mix for that, um, and to be genuinely right up there is is great. But we are aware that, um, yeah, Millie and Jess and Sinead are still going to run at London, and and they'll do fantastic times. They're they're such quality runners, and um, Millie's got a PB just a few seconds faster than what I did on uh, Sunday, so. I'm sure she's put in a huge block of training and, and she'd be ready after her experience in Rio to really uh, lower that time as well. So um, I guess for us going forward, we are going to have to uh, sit down and and plan to do perhaps another marathon before the end of the year and hope to lower our time again um, for the Com Games because I think realistically that's that's going to have to be the plan if, if we want to make it. Uh, back to the Gold Coast in April. Yeah, and although it's, you know, a bit, I guess, you know, someone's going to miss out because there's only three spots or probably more than one person's going to miss out because there's only three spots, but the competition can only be a good thing and it just seems that female marathon running is just so strong at the moment. I completely agree, Brady. It's um, it's so exciting to think that nine women um, in Australia have gone under 230 ever and four of them are running uh, are, are current runners are currently in the competition uh, going for, um, yeah, every one of those three spots. And as you said, it's it's uh, a, a good and a bad time to be in the sport, you know. Um, it, it, but it, 
it really is more a positive thing that you have to push yourself and you have to really earn that spot on the team and and it'd be more satisfying to know that you you did earn your spot and you do deserve to be there i think um you know there's there's so many people willing to put in the work um and i know we are willing to put in the work to do whatever it takes to uh get there in april and um you know it's it's not just myself jess millie and uh and Lisa, it's, um, you know, we've got Cassie Fan and we've got Sinead Diver sitting right there. And, I mean, Celia Sullivan did a great time on, uh, on Sunday as well. So there are people right on the cusp um, of breaking 2.30 um, as well, which is really exciting for women's marathon. Yeah, and I think it's good, you know, you've kind of come out and made that five-minute, 13-second kind of jump as well. So it kind of gives everyone else a bit of a, um, uh, I guess, a bit of belief that it can be done. Like you're a bit of a trailblazer that's done it off a smaller preparation and haven't been around for as many years as um, Jess and Lisa. So it must be inspiring for those other girls as well. Well, oh, I hope. thanks, Brady. I hope so. Um, yeah, it is. I guess we have shown that it is possible and uh, it's only going to be harder to keep uh, slashing the time off the PB. But as you know, if we've, if we've done it once before, there's no reason why um, we can't keep lowering that time. And there's no reason why other girls, um, you know, who have posted uh, times can't, can't take a few minutes off themselves. It, it really, um, depends on the individual their training and and the perfect day come marathon day yeah and you pulled up well virginia yeah i have actually i'm um, really pleased with how i've pulled up feeling really good um touch wood you know yeah um we're still um going to be conservative in our recovery um uh, it's not worth uh risking uh going out and uh getting straight back into it um too soon so we'll we'll build up no, we're starting to build up slowly again now, which will um, which will be good. We'll uh, enjoy a week or two of the uh, lower kilometres before we get back into things. Yeah, and so no Sandown relays or Albert Park ten k in the next oh, two weeks. Look, shattering that um, the first time in since I started running um, three years ago that I'm going to miss an AV event, which is. Uh, bit different for me so yeah good luck to everyone who's out there running sand down I, I love running sand down nice two laps on the uh on the speedy track but uh no definitely not tomorrow yeah. um and we'll wait and see about albert park it might be a case of um we'll just see how we feel i can't imagine that we'll uh race it hard it'll be more of a case of um, making our mind up closer to the date um, just to get some uh, points up for the Collingwood Harriers as well. Yeah, for sure. And last question, I'm sure you've got a whole lot of people you want to thank, but um, how was the support out there on the course? You kind of touched on having a bit of family up there, but, is, yeah, anyone you want to thank or kind of a bit of a shout-out to for supporting your journey so far? Yeah, yeah, thank you. That would be um, really good. Um, obviously, my family... Um, being my immediate family and extended family um, were up there and um, if they weren't, they were certainly um, chewing up the internet um, wherever they were around Australia like with the live stream. Um, I can't thank them enough for their constant support. Um, obviously, 
Liam and his wife, Rach, and his family and extended family, uh, their support for me has been phenomenal leading up to this um, right from the start and at each and every training session and event. Um, obviously, Trent has been a huge part of um, a part of all this and for him on Sunday to be able to get from uh, point to point on the bike and weave through the crowds and that sort of thing was um, was just phenomenal and to see him at the finish was was just great to be able to um, celebrate together. Um, Sophie Ryan has been a huge part of uh, my training and Rickards, um, I caught up with him the day before, he completed his 10th Gold Coast Marathon on Sunday and uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge and has been so supportive uh, to me throughout. So. Um, the Vigor Health and Fitness crew um, or the Vigor Running crew, I, yeah, totally appreciate all their support, the ones who are up there, the ones on the text and the messenger and all that sort of thing as well. And uh, I do have to really thank the organisers at um, Gold Coast and the ones, uh, Ryan McDonald and Richard Welsh and Adele and Cam Hart and those who just looked after us so well and made sure that we were so comfortable Um and then I guess lastly, the, the crew from the southwest um, of Victoria who were up there and I'm running through the streets and people are calling out my name and, and referencing Garvok, which was uh, <laughs> which was really nice for me. It was, I could pick some of my, the voices of my neighbours um, as well. So that was, um, that was really cool. And um, yeah, I guess uh, I do have to thank as well um, Jess Trengove who, we were able to catch up um, leading into the race and she gave me some great advice um, on how to uh, manage things and, and just her ex chatted through her experiences with me as well. So I really value that um, the advice that was given to me. Yeah, um, so good. So good that all those people got up there from country Victoria and then all of a sudden they're on the streets of the Gold Coast cheering you on. It's um, yeah, just amazing. And even when we pulled out at 35K, Trent was just... Oh, just a couple of hundred metres away so just talking to him on the bike and you could almost see a bit of anxiety on his face like there's nothing you can really do as the boyfriend on the bike who's watching the race but and he knew that you're on for probably an amazing time at 35k there and um, yeah, it's an interesting situation to be in where you can't control it but you've just got to sit back and watch it happen. Yeah no it was I think it was different for him this time around because uh, he said he was very relaxed uh, at Melbourne because he, he knew how far ahead I was in, in terms of uh, going for the win. Uh, but on Sunday, I think, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get anxious or stressed very often. But I think there was just a little bit of nervousness there and more excitement as well that it was we were going to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I can't thank him enough. And he was awesome leading up to it awesome during the day and I guess he's still all right yeah that's good that's good now he's taking you to Sydney isn't he yeah yeah, yeah now we're going heading off to Sydney on Sunday so I can't complain trotting all <laughs> over the country yeah thanks Virginia for your time I'm sure the listeners will get a stack out of um that recount and uh I guess all the best going forward with the uh you know that striving towards that Gold Coast Commonwealth Games 2018 spot yeah thanks very much Brady I appreciate it and I'll uh, I'll see you around there around the race on the AV season, I'm hoping. And, um, yeah, thanks for your time. And it's I don't know, it's always good following the journey of people when they may be a bit of an underdog, but then they kind of make it and break through. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs>
Thank you. Thanks. Really appreciate it. And good luck with all your running as well. No worries, Virginia. Thanks for your time again. Thank you. See you later. Bye. See ya. that hope you enjoyed it got some kind of value out of that episode with virginia maloney i certainly did i love all that uh talking splits and nutrition and pre-race feelings and all that kind of stuff especially geared towards the marathon it really um yeah it brings value to my life and it's been very interesting and yeah really enjoyable to see virginia progress i guess even since we did the first podcast interview with her and um yeah if you enjoyed that as much as i did recording it be sure to let her know on all the socials um i'm friends of her on facebook and her facebook has just been going off its chops the last week with people tagging her and congratulating her in all kinds of uh, newspaper articles and photos and video footage and stuff like that of the gold coast marathon and uh so they should she did an amazing job finishing in the time she finished in Anyway, that's enough from me this week. I'll uh, talk to you again next week. Enjoy the rest of your week, day, whatever's going on. Cheers. Fundamental principle in Buddhism is no purpose. Purpose arrestness. When you drop fart, you don't say, at nine o'clock I drop fart. Of itself. <laughs> you know, all, all these pious Western devotees, you know, kind of put their handkerchiefs in their mouths and try not to laugh.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 